This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here in Tinek. It's really an honor. Thank you, Or, for, you know, we say, Ludavad Hashem, Oiri Yishi. the initial wake-up of the Yom Naram is the light of Rosh Hashanah. So, I'd like to share some thoughts with you. As Hashem, I hope that will be inspiring for me, and I hope the, you will find them inspiring as well. Or mention that I have an affinity toward uh, some of the Sephardic giants. And actually that's uh, very correct. I like to learn the Svarm of the Chida. I have an unusual connection to the Chida. One time, maybe on a different occasion, I'll explain to you my Kesher Nafshi with the Chida. Actually, any time I go to Eretz Yisrael, his Kever is like a magnet that I always end up at his Kever. Like uh, when I'm in Eretz Yisrael, either Trump or Pompeo says, somebody's there closing the streets of Yishalayim, and the only minion I could find is Har Menuchais, and of course at the Chidas Kever, and I just always end up at his Kever. And of course the Beneshchai, you know, he's buried in Baghdad, so that one I couldn't make, but I like his, uh, he also has a Matseva on Har Hazesim, and Rabbi of course, is buried in Sanhedria. And I had this, urge that I have to go to the Kever or of Chaim Falaji. So you say, but that's in Turkey. So what? And I had this chus uh, this past January to go to Turkey to the grave of Reb Chaim Falaji. We even uncovered the grave of one of the sons of Reb Chaim Falaji, Reb Yitzchak Falaji. And amazingly, about a week after, we, we literally uncovered his grave. We tore the, the weeds off his grave, we cleared it off. And a week later, I was trying to come up with a shir on Parshas Yisroi. I was looking around and I found in the writings of Chaim Falaji about the subject is a Magid Shir, is a Darshan, is, is there Ayin Haro when it comes to Ruchnias? Does somebody who give a, gives a Shir Barabim, does he have to worry about Ayin Hara? So Chaim Falaji says, you know what, on this subject, you have to go to the most authoritative source on this subject, and that is a tshuva written by my son, Rav Yitzchak Falaji. And I had never seen anything in my life from Rav Yitzchak Falaji, and we uncovered his grave that week. And a few days later, the shear was from a tshuva in Rechaim Falaji, quoting his son Rabbi Yisrael. Okay, so nothing in life is coincidental. Everything is with plan and purpose. And here we are only a few weeks before the Yom Tif of Rosh Hashanah. Tonight I want to bring to your attention an incredible phenomenon that we encounter throughout Tanakh. This is a phenomenon that we find many, many times, and it's something you could really gloss over, but once we identify it, you'll see it's all over the place. And B'Siyat Deshmai, we'd like to share three incredible mahalchim to explain this phenomenon. One of them is Alpi Musr, one of them is Alpi Kabbalah, and one of them is Alpi Machshava. So let's begin with Alam Deshekasha. The Gemara says at the end of Megillah, Moshe Rabbeinu was Masakin for Klal Yisrael, that they should ask and expound about the subject of each Yom Tif on Yom Tif. On Pesach, we need to expound upon Pesach. 
On Shavuos, we need to learn the halachas of Shavuos. And on Sukkot, we learn the halachas of Sukkot. Moshe Tikein Lohem Yisrael. Sheyushayelin Vedarshin Binyanay Shalyayim. Hilchas Pesach Bepesach. Hilchas Atzeres Baatzeres. Hilchas Chag Bechag. Now you'll see on the sheets, there's some repeats, because each shear is really delving into the same point, but through a different angle. And the question the Marsha asks is very nice. Moshe Rabbeinu made takana. Learn Hilchos Pesach on Pesach. Shavuos on Shavuos. Why wasn't Moshe Mesakein to learn Hilchos Rosh Hashanah on Rosh Hashanah? Rosh Hashanah is an important day. There are a lot of halachas. Hilchos Shaifer, anybody know? What Simon and Shulchan Aruch Hilchos Shaifer is in? Now I'm going to tell... What? I'm going to tell you a little mnemonic you'll never forget. Rabbi Yaakov Endin says, you see the Hashkacha protest that the halachas of Shoifar are simin Shoifar. Tuf, kuf, pei, vav. By the way, I have another halacha I like to remember. Anybody know uh, what halachas simin dogim are in? Very good. You heard, you heard this before, right? Simin peigimel in Yaradea. I once heard Rabbi Yitzchak Yosef ask this question. Where are Hechaz Dagim? Pei Gimel, Rashi Tevois, Gefilte Fish. That's how you remember. So I like to remember, Hilchais Slichais are Simen Tuf, Kuf, Pei, Aleph. Tuf, it's a tough time of the year. And Kofe, you need a lot of coffee during that time. So that's, you know, there are different mnemonics. How to remember, uh, by the way, Hilchais Kiddush is Reis Samach Gimel, because there's a Kiddush of Reb Sad. You're going, there are different uh, various mnemonics. Anyway, so the question is, why was Moshe Rabbeinu not Masakin to learn Hilchos Rosh Hashanah on Rosh Hashanah? If you take a look at number three, there's a Gemara in Erevin. And the Gemara says, Amarabba ki havina be Rav Huna. When we were in the house of Rav Huna, Ibo Ilan, he asked the following question, Mahu loimar zman Rosh Hashanah. Should you say Shachiyan on Rosh Hashanah? Ultimately, the conclusion is, yes, you have to say Shechiyanu on Rosh Hashanah. But the question the Marsha asks, why was there even a debate regarding whether you should say Shechiyanu on Rosh Hashanah? Of course you should say Shechiyanu on Rosh Hashanah. Why would it be different than Pesach, than Shavuos, than any other Yom Tif? So we have two questions on the table. Why was Moshe Rabbeinu not Masakin to learn Hilchus Rosh Hashanah on Rosh Hashanah? Why does the Gemara have a Havamina, a Tzad, a notion that perhaps you shouldn't say Shachianu on Rosh Hashanah. So I want to bring to your attention a phenomenon that appears throughout the Tanakh. And that is, whenever we encounter the Yom Tov of Rosh Hashanah, there is a four-letter word that is always employed to refer to Rosh Hashanah. So we begin, Parshas Nitzavim. Parshas Nitzavim was always read the Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah. Could anything be more appropriate? Atem nitzavim hayoyim kulchem lefnei Hashem aloykechem. You stand today, all of you, before the Almighty. Atem nitzavim hayoyim hayoyim. What's hayoyim? Hayoyim is Rosh Hashanah. How do you know? Well, first of all, it's always the parsha you read before Rosh Hashanah. But we have clear indications. We go to Sefer Eiv. Sefer Eov begins, Vayihi Hayom, it was the day. Vayavoyu b'nei ho'elohim, and the angels came, lehisyatsi v'al Hashem, to stand by God, vayavagama satan imayim, and the satan also came among them. Says Rashi, what day did the 
angels convene to stand next to God. Says Rashi, Oisoyoim, Rosh Hashanah. It's Rosh Hashanah. Another example. Vayihi Hayoim, Vayavar Elisha El Shunem. Elisha came to Shunem, Visham Isha Gedoila, Vatachzek Balecholechem. Elisha came to Shunem. When? Hayoim, says the Zayar Hakadosh. Bekhol Asar Vayihi Hayoim Da Rosh Hashanah. Every single time it says Vayihi Hayoim, it's always Rosh Hashanah. And it's interesting, because the Navi says to the lady, Lady, your hospitality is, is overwhelming. Anything I could do for you? And there was a lot the, the Prophet could have done for her. She needed a kid. She didn't have any children. And she says, nothing. Don't say a word. Don't look at me. Don't mention my name. I just want to be among my people. I don't want to be mentioned specifically on the Yom Tif of Rosh Hashanah. And from here we learn an interesting, a very important principle that on Rosh Hashanah, you don't want to draw any attention to, you want to be among the rest of the Jewish people. Some great tzaddikim didn't even want an aliyah on Rosh Hashanah so as not to be different than anybody else. Again, some, some specifically do want there. According to some place, there is an Indian. But that's the concept, that's the idea. But here we, we encounter an amazing phenomenon. That whenever it says, Hayoim in Tanakh, especially Vayehi Hayoim, the Zayar says, Vayehi Hayoim, be it in Nitzavim, be it in Melachim, be it in Eiv, it refers to the Yom Tif of Rosh Hashanah. Now I'm going to give you an amazing example. There's a Pasuk in Tehillim, Parakufiotes, number 11. Lemishpatecha omdu hayoim, in your judgment, they stand today, ki hakoyal avadecha, everyone is your servant. Can you think of a better description of Rosh Hashanah than in your judgment, they stand today because everyone is your servant? That's a precise description of Rosh Hashanah. Says of Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld, indeed this pasuk, lemishpatecha omdu hayoim, is referring to Rosh Hashanah. In fact, if you add up the numerical value of this whole pasuk, lemishpatecha omdu hayoim ki akol avodecha eight sixty one Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> the pasuk is gematria Rosh Hashanah. The entire pasuk, these six words, precisely Rosh Hashanah. In fact, Rabbi Chaim Zanfel was a great master of gematria. He once pointed out, if you count up the number of words that you read in the two Torah readings of the, first, of the two days of Rosh Hashanah, there are 862 words, Gematria Rosh Hashanah. Unbelievable. The first day you read about the Akedah, the second day you read about the birth of Yitzchak, just the opposite, the first day you read about the, the birth of Yitzchak, and then the Akedah, 862. He even pointed out the, the second day reading ends... Vies gacha, vies ma'acha. Ma'acha. Who's ma'acha? Why would you, why would you end off with, a, with someone's name ma'acha? Ma'acha is Rashi Tevois. Melech al kal ha'aretz. That's why we end off the reading on Rosh Hashanah. Ma'acha, melech al ha'aretz. And of course, the Marva Shemesh points out as well, 
when it comes to the Akedah, the Pasuk says, Vayikra Avraham Shem Hamakim Ahu Hashem Yireh Asher Yeomer Hayoim. Again, a reference to the idea that the Akedah is very connected to Rosh Hashanah. And of course, a prime example, Hayoim Harasoilam. Hayoim, Hayoim today. Hayoim Harasoilam. And at the end of the Chazar Sashatz, Hayom Ta'amatseinu, Hayom Tavarachainu, Hayom Tagadleinu, Hayom Tadushainu Latoiva. So, if there's any word that we could use to describe Rosh Hashanah, we don't have to invent the word, it's throughout Tanakh. Rosh Hashanah is referred to as Hayom. What does Hayom mean? Today. Why would we call Rosh Hashanah today? Actually, any day that you're on, it's always today. Today, by the way, I want to tell you, today is always today. Today is never tomorrow. And today is also never yesterday. It's a good thing I came to tell you, right? Today is always today. Why refer to Rosh Hashanah as today? Why call Rosh Hashanah Hayyim? What's the significance of calling Rosh Hashanah Hayyim? Throughout Tanakh, Malachim, Iyayv, Akedah, Tehillim, the Tfilais, Rosh Hashanah is Hayoim, Hayoim, Hayoim. So I want to share with you three approaches. Why Rosh Hashanah is called today. Here's the first idea. The first idea is we need to change, we need to shift our perception of what Teshuvah is. And when we need to do Tshuva. And how often we need to do Tshuva. And to what extent teshuva needs to be part of our thought process, attitude in general. Chazal tell us in Perkei Avais, Shuv yoim echad lefnei misascha. Do tshuva one day before you die. It's good to know. So you put in your Google calendar, right? There's going to be a day that's like marked in red. And the day before, just write down, do tshuva. You know, it's very convenient. There's probably an app for that. Just, just write, you know, the day before, you know. It's like when I'm flying to, uh, speaking in the West Coast, end of the week. So I don't have to do anything. Once you get, once the ticket comes into your email, so Google knows all your business better than you do, and it puts on the calendar the flight. So the day before, it should automatically set off an alarm. Okay, do tshuva the day before. So an officer of Nasan there's a more expanded conversation, and it's called the Gemara Shabbos, Kufnun Gimel. The Gemara asks, Rabbi Lezer would say, do tshuva one day before you die. So the students ask Rabbi Lezer, but, but a person doesn't know what day they're, di- they're going to die. So he said, exactly! Do tshuva hayoim shamayom aslamachar. Do tshuva today, because he might not be around tomorrow. Nimsa kol yamav b'tshuva. It comes out, your whole life will be full of tshuva. You know, Alpi Kabbalah, the sphera that tshuva is associated with is bina. Bina. By the way, Elul is Gematria 67, right? Bina is 67. Because in order to do tshuva, v'leiv yavin v'yashav. You need havana, understanding, and then you can do tshuva. You know, it's very, under, it's very interesting. 
Is there any word in the Hebrew language that's alluded to in the Tanakh more than Elul? Right? All of a sudden we get to Elo, the Kitzur Shalonach gives you three Ramazim. I found, I, I was doing this, there are actually more than 40 Ramazim to Elo. Uvalatsion Goy El Ul Lashava Pesha. The Avodraham brings that down. The Avod the Rishon bring it down. Throughout davening, by the way, there are numerous Ramazim to Elo. Did you ever see ever anybody ever say, Ah, oh, Sivan, yeah. Nisan, Tammuz, they're none. Elo is just all over the place. Why are there so many Ramazim to Elo? Just say, you want to talk about Elo, say it. Why Ramazim? There's a very interesting idea, Ramazim Shapiro says that, this is just a, a tangent, that what type of person does a Remez appeal to? We say, Daya l'chakima b'ramiza. A chacham picks up on a remez. You need havana to pick up on a remez. Someone who is not that sharp, you got to tell him straight out. But someone who has some insight, he, you tell him a remez, he chaps the rem, he, he perceives the remez. In order to do tshuva, it's not enough just to somebody say, oh, you did that wrong. Oh, I did that wrong. Okay, now... You need, some, you need to see beyond, behind the surface. You need to dig a little bit deeper. Because at first glance, it looks like everything we do is okay. So you need Havana, you need insight. So the way Elul works is it's going to appeal to your sense of Chachma. Therefore, Elul has to talk to us Beremez. It can't talk to us explicitly. Elul is Gematria, Bina, Havana, understanding. So the Gemara says something very interesting. That if you see a Chacham, Tam Chacham, do an Avera at night, don't question him. Don't think badly about him. By the time the morning comes, maybe he did Shuvah. The Gemara asks, maybe he did Shuvah? And the Gemara says, no, he definitely did Shuvah. So what do we see from here? How often is a Chacham doing Shuvah? Every single night, because, you know, in all likelihood, people are going to do things that are wrong. So that means the Chacham is doing tshuva nightly. Nightly. The Mishnah Baruch even brings down, if you look at number 21, the Svarim tell us, before you go to sleep at night, you should investigate your ways, you should investigate your actions you did during the daytime. If you find you did Navero, you should say Vidoy, you should accept upon yourself not to do it again. Basically, before you hit the sack at night, you know, a few things. Before you hit the sack, people get very scared from Krishma Alhamita. Because it looks like as you're saying like five pages. I mean, oh, come on. I read Dhamma Shach, I read Mincha, I read Now I have to say this whole thing. So the answer is very simple, to, 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 to a nutshell. Three parts of Shema. So tonight we davened, we said Shema before it says HaKechavim. So you're going to have to say over three parts of Shema. And then all you have to do, the Gemara says, you have to tell Hashem you're giving Him your soul. So you say, And then you say, which is the blessing of Shalom Bayis, because after that bracha you can't talk anymore, right? So that's the bracha of Shalom Bayis. And besides that, you do tshuva. 
before you hit the sack, you'll do tshuva. You say, wow, I have so much tshuva to do. Don't worry, once you start, you'll be out cold within. But a little bit before you go to sleep, you should regret your misdeeds and do tshuva before you go to sleep. In fact, the Torah Devarah writes, the Ramak writes, that you want to connect every single day of your life to tshuva. You don't want a day to go by that's not attached to what is called the sphera of Bina. You want to connect every day of one's life. You know, the Rizal says that every day is like a living entity. The Avraham Zakin Ba Bayamim. The day, every day is a separate entity, a living entity. You want to connect every day with tshuva. So the first thing is, tshuva is a daily activity. We do it every night. Now listen to this Reishas Chachma. Reishas Chachma, contemporary of the Arizal, number 24. Reishas Chachma writes, Before you eat, Yisvadeh Koydem Sheyoichal. Confess, it's, gonna, it's a little, okay, I'm on the second side of this first sheet. Yisvadeh Koydem Sheyoichal. Confess your sin before you eat. By doing so, you're going to slaughter your Yitzhahara. He, he quotes Rabbeinu Yoyin on the Sefer Hayyura that about tshuva should be mizvadeh before they eat. And if you do that, if before you should think to yourself, you know, me, I'm worthy of that hamburger? Me with my sins? God is giving me that burger out of total chesed. I'm not worthy of that hamburger. With the pickle and the sauce, it's unbelievable. Hashem's giving it to me. It's, I'm not, I'm, I shouldn't be zoichet to it. I feel so humbled by that burger. And with the onion also, I'm not roi. And if you're mizvadeh before you eat, the shulchan becomes a mizbeach kapara. Says the shah, you know what? I, I think that even someone who's not a bal tshuva should do tshuva before he eats. So in America, that means it's another at least three more times of tshuva a day. Before breakfast, before lunch, before dinner. So the Shlach asks, but what about Shabbos? You're now to say Vidoy on Shabbos. So the Shlach says, on Shabbos, before you eat, you should say, Umal Hashem Eleikecha Es Levavcha V'Es Zarecha. Interesting. So you're doing tshuva before you go to sleep at night. You're doing tshuva before you eat a meal. The Nefesh HaChayim writes a very interesting concept. You ever hear this idea? That so long as a person is considered wicked in the eyes of Hashem, the Torah learning that you do can be co-opted and held captive by the dark side. Now this is a very interesting subject. But the Shloss says, uh, the, the Nefesh HaChayim writes, so how do you get around this issue? Nefesh HaChayim writes, before you learn you should just pause for a moment and be mahar her Think for a moment, okay? Rabban Shalom, I regret my misdeeds. If I did anything wrong, I regret it. Chatasi, avisi, pashati lefanecha. And I return to you, I repent. And this way your learning is being performed by someone who is righteous in the eyes of Hashem. And you have nothing to worry about that the dark side is going to co-opt and hold your Torah hostage. So that's another major juncture where a person is doing tshuva on a regular basis. Before you go to sleep, before you eat, before you learn, 
You know, I saw in the Ramak, Ramosha Cordovero writes, there are four major occasions to do tshuva. The idea is like this. You know, the, the Ramak says, before a day goes up upstairs, the Ramak says like this, it's always possible to go back in time and repent for days that are past. The thing is, once a day is over, the day goes into like an escrow account. To, to correct and be masaking a day that's over, it's hard. Because you have to petition with the attorney, can I get into the escrow account, can I get back? You know, you have to put in the calendar date, I want to go back to a year and a half ago when I did X, Y, and Z. They'll let you in, but it's not so simple. It's always easier to do tshuva when the day is still here before it's locked up in the account. So therefore the Ramak writes, there are four main junctures that a person should try to do tshuva. One, Mincha time, before Shkia, before the day is leaving, you want to chap that day to do tshuva before the day is over. Next, Erev Shabbos, before Shabbos comes, before the week is going to go into escrow and then you're going to have to petition to get back into that week, try to do teshuva Erev Shabbos before your Makavo Shabbos. The next juncture, Erev Rosh Chodesh. You know, some people have a custom, they say, Yom Kippur Katan on Erev Rosh Chodesh. Where does that come from? The idea is before a month is over, it's much easier to correct the month while the month is still here than once it's over. So Erev Rosh Chodesh, you want to get to do tshuva before the month is over. And then, of course, the greatest day of Kapara of the year, aside from Yom Kippur, is Erev Rosh Hashanah. So before the year is over, the Ramak says, you want to do tshuva on Erev Rosh Hashanah. So it comes out, Marv Rabbi that tshuva is not reserved for Rosh Hashanah. It's not reserved for Yom Kippur. It's not reserved for once in a while. Teshuva is a midah. It's an attitude. It's a thought process. It's a perspective where a person is in the habit, a person constantly is trying, is yearning, is striving to say to Rebbe Hashem, okay, I'm going to be better. It's something you do before you eat a meal. It's something you do before you learn Torah. It's something you do before you go to sleep. Tshuva is a regular part of the routine of a Jew. It's not reserved for Rosh Hashanah. It's not reserved for Elo. It's not reserved for Yom Kippur. You know what Tshuva is? Hayoim. Today. You know why Rosh Hashanah is called Hayoim? Because what is Rosh Hashanah? The purpose of the Yom Adin is to instill within us the, the Midah, the perspective, the outlook that we should always be doing Tshuva. In fact, the Marshal says that the reason why Moshe Rabbeinu was not Masakin to learn Hilchas Rosh Hashanah on Rosh Hashanah is because what is Hilchas Rosh Hashanah? Hilchas Rosh Hashanah is repentance. Moshe Rabbeinu is going to limit Teshuvah to Rosh Hashanah. He can't do that. The purpose of Rosh Hashanah is to expand the Rosh Hashanah to every moment of life. And that is why the Marshal says there's a Havamina that you shouldn't say Shechianu on Rosh Hashanah. What? That, that we live to this day? What's this? What's significant about this day? 
It's a scam. <laughs> There's nothing significant about Rosh Hashanah. It's the purpose of Rosh Hashanah is to recognize that Adam Nida and Bechol Yoyim, that Bechol Eis Yil that a person never knows when, when the last opportunity to do tshuva is. And I think if we could incorporate this mindset, this perspective, this attitude of that tshuva is not reserved for the, the high holiday season, but the high holiday season is to instill within us that tshuva is something we should be in the habit of doing so that when the time comes, We've, we're, we're so used to cleansing ourselves. That's why Rosh Hashanah is called today. The purpose of Rosh Hashanah is that every single day of our life should be instilled and infused with tshuva like Rosh Hashanah. Fasten your seatbelts. Okay? Second approach. Rosh Hashanah, you go to the store, at least in the five towns, and you gotta you gotta take out a mortgage just to buy fruits. I don't know what these things are even if they're they must be bioengineered things. I don't even know what they are. You know, everyone's eating fruits now. You know what fruits are? Nowadays, people don't even know what fruits. Fruits are these round things that people used to eat like ten, twenty years ago. Now. Everyone's eating fruits on Rosh Hashanah. There's one fruit you don't eat. The Gra writes, don't eat grapes on Rosh Hashanah. You ever see? Most, I don't think people usually eat grapes on Rosh Hashanah. Gra says, why? Alpisoid. So the Mepharshim said, what exactly is this Kabbalistic reason not to eat grapes on Rosh Hashanah? So they say, well, Rosh Hashanah is the sixth day of creation. It's the day that Adam ate from the Eitz Hadas. And according to many opinions, it was a grape. So therefore, we don't want to repeat the sin of Adam, and we stay away from grapes on Rosh Hashanah. Interesting. You know, Rabbi Shua Mikutna writes, what's the reason? The mitzvah of, of shoifar is not to blow the shoifar, it's to hear the sound of the shoifar. Why do we have a mitzvah to hear the sound of the shoifar? Because Adam Arishan listened to his wife, so to rectify his improper listening to Chava, we have the mitzvah of, of L'shmoya kol shoifar. I thought to say, you know, perhaps the Shlach Kader says, Adam Arishan was really given two mitzvahs. He was given the mitzvah, Ume'eitz hadas toivara loisoichal mimenu. I'm now on, I'm now in like the, the second shear. So we're back to page one. We're on the, on the, uh, I'm on the sheet that says Rosh Hashanah, Tikkun Hayoyim. Yeah? The Shlach Kodesh points out that Adam Arishon was told, Ume'eitz hadas toivara loisoichal mimenu. But he was also told, He's given two mitzvahs. One is alav, don't eat the grape. But there, there are many opinions. Some say it was uh, different opinions. The Ben Chai says that they could all be rec- reconciled. But it's for a different time. 
So, Adam Rishon was given a lab, don't eat from the Eitzadas, but he was also given an assay, eat all the other fruits. So, I always think, maybe the reason why we eat so many fruits on Rosh Hashanah is we don't just avoid the grape, but we also want to fulfill the assay. We want to remember the assay, eating all the other fruits of the Eitzadas. Reb Chaim Yosef, the Abbezin of Pashtin, and Parsis Nitzam Vayelech, he brings a Kabbalistic tradition that when Adam Arishon ate from the Eitz Hadas, he infringed and he sullied somehow certain letters of Hashem's name. Which letters? The Vav and the Hey of Yud Kei Vav Because that's typical. Amalek does that. Amalek is Kiyad Al Kes Ka. Amalek wants to split the Yud Kei in half because Yud Kei stands for Yismachu Hashamayim. Everyone's good if God is up in heaven. The problem, the problem, what we have the problem with is Visogel Haaretz. We don't like the idea that God is down here in this world. So when Adam ate from the Eitz Hadas, he, he was poigame, the Vav and the He. Also, Adam Arishan was poigame in the Shame Eloikim, Aleph Lamet He. Yud Mem, he sullied the Yud and the Mem. Because God is apparent in this world in two ways. There's Eileh, you see, oh, there is a, a sun, Eileh, these, God created that. And there's a moon, Eileh, these. But then, the divine providence that we don't recognize, we don't see openly, we say, me, who's that? So there's the Eileh and there's the me. Like we say, Su'u maroi meinechem ru'u mi bara eila. There's always the eila and the mi. And Adam Arishain, he ruined the mi, the mem yod. So he ruined the vav and the hey, and he ruined the mem and the yod. So what then is our task on Rosh Hashanah? To restore those letters. And therefore the Pasuk says, says the Skolia Rebbe, Vayishmu'u eskoil Hashem Eloikim. When Adam made from the Eitz Adas, he heard the Yud Kei what did you do to me? He heard Eloikim, what did you do to me? You know what you took out? Mishalech Bagon Leruach Hayoim. You ruined Hey Yud Vav Mem. You ruined those four letters. And since that fateful day, our avoidance to somehow restore the four letters of the two names of Hashem, Vav Hey, Yod Mem. And when were those letters removed? Rosh Hashanah. And therefore, what is Rosh Hashanah called? Hayoim, says the Shvilei Pinchas. Rosh Hashanah is called Hayoim. Our job on that day is to bring God's glory from the heaven back down to earth. Whoa. That's impressive. Okay. Simen Bracha. We're good, we're good, we're good. <laughs> to bring Hashem down to earth. Vav Hey. Not just Yismuch HaShamayim, but Pesagel Haaretz. To say, yeah, we recognize Ela, but me as well. Interesting, the Shreya Pinchas says, 
So we take the shofar and we blow shvarim. Shvarim is shaver yudmem. We broke the yudmem off. Trua is teira vavhei. We harmed the vavhei. And the avoida of Rosh Hashanah is to recognize Hashem not only in what is apparent to us and what is revealed to us and what is open to us, but to recognize it's Hashem Vav Mem, behind the scenes, even what we ask me and we don't see clearly, that's also the Rebbein Hashem. That the Rebbein Hashem is not only Yismuch HaShemayim, but He's also Vesag El Haaretz. So that's another, I would call it a Kabbalistic reason why Rosh Hashanah is referred to throughout Tanakh as Hayoim. It's the day that we restore back the four Oisiyos that went lost from the shame of HaKadosh Baruch The Vav K from Yud K Vav K and the Yud Mem from Elaykem. And finally, I think a very compelling reason why Rosh Hashanah is referred to as Hayyim. You know, Adam Arishain ate from the Eitz Hadas. And Hashem said, oh, he ate from the Eitz Hadas. What's going to be? He might eat from what? The Eitz Hachayim. Vi'ata pen yishlach yadai. And now he might send forth his hand. Says the Medrash, I'm up to the third approach. And now, now means tshuva. Shenemar, viata Yisrael, ma Hashem lekecha shalmeimach. Viata means teshuva. And the Chavetz Chaim asks, why does now mean teshuva? Why does now mean teshuva? Now means now, but it doesn't mean teshuva. Maybe kiyim liyira means teshuva, but how does now mean teshuva? We pointed out throughout Tanakh, Rosh Hashanah is always referred to as Hayyim. And now we encounter a very, very powerful idea. Let's get a little bit into our subconscious, into our thought process, into... So you have a guy, he's a good guy, he's a Ben Taira, he's a firm person, he's, he tries to keep halacha. Shachar is 7.30. He comes in 7.35 or 7.40. So say, Rabid, you know, you're not going to be able to say the whole Pesuket de Zimra. And, you know, Pesuket de Zimra is a very important part of davening because Pesuket de Zimra knocks, the angels come to attack all the Tfilais. So Pesuket de Zimra are verses that cut away the accusing angels. I mean, why are you missing this? So what's the answer he's going to give? I hold Pesukah de Zimra is not important. No, he's not going to say that. I hold Shachrus is not important. I hold Judaism is not important. No. If you were to stop him on the street corner and say, Rabbi Yid, why did God create you? So what do you mean? This world is a corridor before the world to come. We're here in this world to learn Torah, to do mitzvahs, 
to bask in the world to come in the glory of the Shekhinah. So then why can't you show up two minutes early to the Shachris? I was tired today. I was tired. But tomorrow I'm going to be there two minutes early. And tomorrow when he's not there two minutes early, <laughs> it's, it's Ches Elul. I'll start Rosh Hashanah. I'm not going to start him. It's like the eighth day of Ella. It's like ridiculous to start now. I'll start Rosh Hashanah. And he does taka the first day of Rosh Hashanah. He's going to be there. Asar Rishayim. And then by the third day of Asar Simei Tshuva, he's back to his old ways. So you say, well, come on, what, what happened to Oilam Hazeh, Doimel, Lefraizer of Neilam? He says, you're right. He said, you know, you're only learning 20 minutes a day. Well, you haven't really cracked up on a safer in the last three years. What, you don't hold learning Torah as important? When was the last time you, you did chesed to some, for somebody? Why aren't you careful the way you speak to your wife? You don't think it's important? What, you don't believe that God sees what you say? You don't believe God records it? Of course I believe. I'm going to start being very careful. On Yom Kippur, from Yom Kippur, I'm going to start. And he starts on Yom Kippur. But then, two days later, he says, you know what? I heard a speech one time that Hoshana Rabbah is really a great day of Tshuva. I'm going to wait till Hoshana Rabbah. I'm going to wait till Chanukah. The Bnei Yisachar says you have till Chanukah to do Tshuva. And then Chanukah comes, you know, I once heard Tu B'Shvat is the first day of the Geula. Rabbi Yeshua says the world was created in Nisan. Lag Ba'oimer, Rabbi Shem Ba'yechoi, Kabbalah's HaToyrah. The Tishabov is the blade of Mashiach, Elo's around the corner. There's nobody who's going to say learning Torah is not important, davening is not important. I understand. Is davening important? Yeah, so why are you looking at your phone in the middle of Chazar Sashatz? Of course you're not supposed to. Tomorrow I'm going to stop. Tomorrow I'm going to stop. Says the Ramchal. Everybody knows exactly what they need to do. Question, so how come none of us are doing it? The answer is because we all want to learn Chafetz Chaim Yoimi, Nach Yoimi, Daf Yoimi, Daf HaShavua. We have it all down. We know exactly what we're going to do when after we have our first kid, after we have our first grandkid, when we become, you know, I'm waiting till after tax season, till all the kids are out of the house, until when I'm a great, 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 great grandfather, then I'm going to really turn it around. We all know what we need to do. It's just, we're going to do it tomorrow. But we're never, ever going to do it now. We're never going to do it today. Says Masil Sisharim, we see so many times. We all know what we need to do. But we don't do it. Not because we don't know. We're just simply lazy. And we're going to start tomorrow. That's it. I'm going to be a tzaddik yisoid oilam. I'm going to be the first one in the shul tomorrow, but today I'm going to be like, like people, I can't even say their names. But tomorrow I'm going to be a big tzaddik. Says the Chafetz Chaim, we don't really have to tell people what they need to do, we just need to let them know when they need to do it. And you know when you need to do it? Now.
ve'ata, now. You want to start daf yomi? Start in the middle of Ksubis, I don't know where they're up to. I'm a daf ha'shavua guy, but nun ches, start right now. No, I'm going to start when they get up to Nezikin. No, you're not. You're going to start in the middle of the parak, in the middle of the line. Ta, you start with Shema. Whatever you want to do, you have to do it right away. Says the Chavetz Chaim, this is the seminal question that a Jew needs to ask themselves every moment of the day. What does God want from me? Not in general, right now. I wake up in the morning. Should I daven shachas or should I check my phone? Well, maybe you should daven before you check your phone. Leave the phone until after davening. There's nothing anybody wants to tell you that's that worthwhile. It could wait until after davening. And then what should you do? After davening, what does God want me to do right now? Okay, so the Shulchan Aruch says, before you leave the shul, you should at least learn one pasuk, or one halacha, something, something. And then after that, what should you do? What does God want me to do? God wants me to eat breakfast. In America, it's a big sin to eat breakfast. You have to only drink coffee, and you're not to have any carbs. That's why the Gemara says everyone is miserable, because the Gemara says you need to eat pas shachris. Pashachris is mavatel, sinna, kinna, herhurim, raim. Nothing wrong with eating breakfast. Every moment of the day, you need to ask yourself, what does Hashem want from me? Not tomorrow, not next month, not after Lagba Omer. What does He want from me now, in middle, almost before the day is over, in the beginning of Elo? So, Naomi goes to uh, Rus. Rus is, is very disheartened. Rus says, you know, I went, I did what you said. I went in the middle of the night to the threshing floor. I lay down by his feet. I made my advance. He knows I'm interested in him marrying me. So now I'm waiting for an answer. So Nami says, don't worry. The man will not rest until he completes the matter. Hayoim! Today. If you look at number 16. There are a couple of 16s. It's on page 2. Rus Paragimel, Pasuk Yerches. She said, sit my daughter. Until you know. The man, Boyaz, he's going to let you know today, either he's going to marry, he's not going to marry you, he's not going to procrastinate, he's not going to let any grass grow, he's going to tell you yes or no. How did Rus, how did Nomi know Boyaz would seal the deal either yes or no today? Maybe he'll say, you know, we'll wait, the halls are cheaper at the end of the month, or maybe we'll wait until after tax season. How did Nami know Boyaz would seal the deal today? By the way, it's a good thing he did. Because that night, Boyaz lived with Rus, and then he dropped dead. And that night, Rus conceived Oived, who was the father of Yishu, the father of David. If Boyaz would have said, oh, I'll wait until I become, I'll wait until after tax season, I'll wait until a better time, there never would have been a David HaMelech. But Naomi knew one thing about Bayaz. If he's a great person, he ain't waiting a minute. Either he's going to tell you yes or no immediately. And it's a good thing he did. But on the other hand, there's one nation 
that every single time this nation appears in Tanakh, it always appears with the following word, Machar. Machar. In Shmuel, Vayichas me'an Ezra Rav Lamachrosam. Imatza asichein v'einei hamelech v'yamamelech tarv lasei shelos v'lasos v'gash lasei yavai hamelech yavai hamelech v'haman which is a umachar esekid var hamelech. The midah of Amalek is machar. Amalek says. That's unbelievable schmooze. It's a good thing you brought Gladstein to Teaneck. It's uh, everything he said was great. But don't start yet, because tonight is just not a good night. But tomorrow morning is Labor Day. And Labor Day is the perfect time to start doing chula. Amalek will never he's not gonna question what's said. He's not gonna say it's not true. He has one technique. You know what that is? Machar. Tomorrow. Boyaz, Hayoim. Amalek is Machar. And therefore we could suggest another reason why throughout Tanakh, Rosh Hashanah is referred to as Hayoim. You want to have a successful Rosh Hashanah? You want to glean from Rosh Hashanah the lesson that will put you on your feet for the rest of the year? You have a good idea? You have an inspiration to do a mitzvah? You know when you're going to start? Immediately. A, a beautiful remez. Atem nitzavim hayoim. You want to stand tall, hayoim on Rosh Hashanah? Atem, says Reb Gamliel Rebinovich. Atem! Al toimar machar. Don't say to mother. Nitzavim, then you'll stand tall, hayoim. So we have three approaches to explain the meaning and the significance of why Rosh Hashanah is referred to as Hayyim. Number one is because tshuva, repentance, is not reserved for Rosh Hashanah. It's not reserved for Yom Kippur. It's not even reserved for once a day. It's before you go to sleep, before you eat, before you learn, before the day is over. It's constant. Tshuva is something you live with. You're doing carpool. Before you do carpool. Before you do anything. Tshuva. You want to infuse bina, you want to infuse tshuva into every element of your life. Rosh Hashanah is not the first day of Tishrei. It's hayoim, it's daily. It's a constant. Number two, hayoim, Adam Arishon sinned. He infringed on the vav and the hay and the mem and the yud. The Avoid of Rosh Hashanah is to restore those four letters. And then finally, the limit of Rosh Hashanah is we don't need anyone to tell us what we need to do. We all know what we need to do. It's a matter of, let's do it. And the merit of these machshavos and the merit of us coming together early in the month of Elul to prepare for the great day of Rosh Hashanah, my humble blessing to all of you is you should all have a year of good health, happiness, success, nachas, yimali Hashem, kol mishalos, libchem letoiva, aksivachsi matoiva, aguka ben shiar, thank you so much. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.